less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep dive. What's up, Cash Flow Contractors? Khalil here. We've got another episode. Uh, Martin and I talking about the obstacle is the way. There's obviously so many things going on day in, day out that you have to focus on, that you've got to pay attention to, putting out fires, all those kinds of things. But there's often an obstacle in our way, and it is what's going to allow us to break through a lot of the barriers that we have, to eliminate a lot of the stress, and allow us to have more success in our business if we could just focus on that one thing and get rid of that obstacle. Uh, There's a variety of these obstacles that we talk about, from firing employees to increasing prices to eliminating services. But there is that one obstacle, and if you can really hone in on that and clarify what the problem is, you'll be able to have a better solution. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Please check it out. And as always, if you'll share this episode, if you like, or let us know in the the show notes by reaching out. We'd love to hear from you. So enjoy the episode. Martin, this this is a monumental day in history. Uh, We have our first technical issue solved by you on a... Cashflow Contractor Podcast. What did I saw? Oh, the plug? <laughs> the it plug wasn't in. plugged in? <laughs> it was plugged in, but the computer charger was hitting the off button yeah. on the out, there you go. whatever you want to call it. But Well, and the little red light was turned off. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's Keep great. it simple. So, yeah, so this is take two, but I was I was complimenting you in your uh, time zone. Uh, prowess? Your prowess. Because <laughs> you've got a client now that's doing some consulting work in Japan and the way that you calculated the time was plus two opposite. Right. Uh, meaning so they're 14 hours ahead of us. Right. Which also means it's tomorrow. Yeah. But instead of adding 14 to the current time and subtracting to blah, 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 it's just plus two and opposite. Yeah. So if it's, it's noon here, it's two in the morning there. Yeah. There you go. Yep. The one of the, I was saying before we got cut off, one of the funniest Canon cameras I've ever seen, you had just mentioned that Australia has half hour time right. zones, which is, pretty wild to think about but it was in the 90s whenever Arizona was doing some sort of legislation to get rid of daylight savings time they're one of the few states that doesn't observe it although I think the U.S. might be repealing daylight savings time as a whole oh yeah I saw that it was actually the only the first unanimous uh bill in the senate with the current current set of folks well no for in like decades oh really (laughs) yeah that's not like a joke bill, like the turkey getting right. pardoned or whatever. I don't know. But anyways, this can camera, they go into Arizona and they're like, you know, are you for the bill or against the bill? And regardless of what they said, the person that was on the can camera on the other side would be the other way. You know, so if they're for it, like, yeah, let's pass this bill. They're like, but no, we should we should keep it. And then they would get into it. It's like. Okay, well, let's compromise. Let's do 30 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's even worse. And like, okay, fine. We'll go 45 I'll... minutes your way. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I think Australia is not the only place. But the other thing, since we were talking geography and international dateline in Greenwich Mean, is people always say, I'm going to dig a hole to China. But You're I actually... looked one time that if you point straight down from where we are, you're pointing to the Indian Ocean just west of Perth, Australia. That's as far as you can go without starting to come back. Hmm. So. Interesting. Anyway. Have you been to Perth? No. Never been to Australia? Never been to Australia. It's a place I'd like to go. Yeah. Maybe we have listeners. I don't have any burning desire to go to Australia. It has the most poisonous, toxic 
okay. venomous creatures of all in the world. New Zealand, actually. Have you seen... New Zealand has none. That's interesting. New Zealand has none, and Australia has... The most. The most, yeah. Wow. So Have, have you seen the documentary, The Endless Summer? Is that the surfing guys? Yeah. Yeah, where they go down That was there. probably like... How old were you when that came out? Probably about... I don't know. It's been a long time. I, mean, I don't know. Was I, it high school? Yeah, I bet you were in high school. Yeah. I bet that was like what you watched. Yeah, like, oh, and, man. You know, Beach Boys and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's a... I watched that just last weekend. It was great. Anyways, we're talking about the obstacles, the way mm -hmm. I don't really know how to tie, tie all that in. Um, that's what the guys were doing with, with their endless summer, looking for the yeah. obstacles to overcome those 150-foot okay. waves. Good job, Martin. Way to tie it in. There you go. That's two <laughs> for me today. Let's Technical define what, and a segue, both <laughs> on the same day. Let's define what the obstacle is the way means. Uh, we actually had some arguments about how to title this ahead of this, but I, I think that you're right. So why don't you give us your definition? I think the one that made the most sense to me is that everything except. Right. Um, well, first, the obstacle of the way we discussion about the title, that's from Marcus Aurelius, the yep. Roman emperor in like 160 or something like that. Yeah. And I like the title because I don't think you have to even think about it to intuitively understand what what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the definitions, we have a mutual client who has talked about this for a long time, that somebody, will, he does technology, but people will have a problem and, and they want it resolved and they call him up and they say, look, I'm willing to do anything except. <laughs> and what do you suppose the problem is? Except. Every time. <laughs> Every time. That's why they have the problem and that's why they still have the problem. So that's, that's a really good definition. Something my dad used to say is, if you properly identify the problem, you have identified the solution. Mm. The obstacle is the way. And properly identifying the problem brings up what the obstacle is from maybe just general uh, feeling of angst about, well, it's not working. Yeah. Well, when you properly identify the problem, you've identified something you can do. Yeah. Now you may not exactly know how to do it, but yeah, the obstacles that that thing that's fundamentally holding you back. Uh, you you talked about some obstacles this morning that yeah, how you create them. I think along with your definition of the obstacle uh, as the way, a lot of we talk about vision statements a lot uh, and, and the importance of having a vision for your business, what you want, what you want to achieve, and I think that some of the most powerful vision statements come from an obstacle, from a very clearly defined obstacle that you're gonna go and attack. Um, and some of the best ones that you'll hear challenge an obstacle and that aligns a whole organization against that obstacle and that's the right. way. Um, so that's a, a, another way of thinking about it. Um, I, didn't, I, I, wanted, I also wanted to address the change formula before we go on to some right. of these obstacles uh, and the importance of that. What is the change formula? Well, I always get it wrong. We've talked about it before. It's uh, dissatisfaction in a vision or pain or pleasure or carrot or stick. But something at any you, rate, there has to be something you want to get away from mm -hmm. that's insufferable, that's bothering you, and or something you want to move toward. Mm -hmm. And if you have both, it's a multiplication effect. They have to be greater than the resistance to change. Mm -hmm. Resistance is another name, I guess, in... <laughs> for obstacle, yeah. right? And when I talk with groups, I ask them, 
what are the um, reasons people resist change and get lots of answers, but they really distill into two categories. And uh, one is fear and the other is what I call inertia. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm, I've been doing it this way. I'm going to keep doing it this way and I'm too busy to change doing it this way. And it's, I'm willing to change, but I'm going to do it tomorrow and tomorrow never gets here. So fear, inertia, and I'll add one more, maybe it goes along with the inertia, but it's kind of overwhelm, you know, the brain stack that we've talked about in the past that yeah. just, you know, I just, there's so much going on. And, and by the way, customers calling me and a truck broke down and, and the materials didn't get there. We showed up at the job and they weren't ready for us, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, creates static and you don't really know you, you don't have time to even focus on what the obstacle is right but if you can identify it the most meaningful thing and attack it 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 is an opportunity because it shows you what you need to do doesn't yeah. necessarily tell you how to do it right. but it shows you what you need to do yeah I think a lot of these obstacles that we're going to talk about and any resistance that people have to overcoming an obstacle usually has to do with some sort of discomfort. Maybe there's fear involved with that. Maybe there is inertia involved with that. But I think some any sort of discomfort that you have, you're probably trying to avoid. I mean, that's kind of how we were wired as humans is to avoid discomfort and to find comfort. Uh, but a lot of times whenever you are going to challenge an obstacle, you're going to be going, you know, against the grain upstream, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. And so if you can get over the fact of that discomfort, and a lot of times that discomfort, it's actually not the doing, it's the thinking about it. Uh, one of my, something I always point back to in different situations is the anxiety that you feel with any sort of discomfort is always greater than the actual discomfort itself. For example, if I'm gonna take an ice bath after running 10 miles, it's not the actual ice bath that sucks, you know? It's actually the thinking about and the anticipation of getting into that. And a lot of times with the obstacles, actually overcoming the obstacle is not the worst part. It's the planning, the preparing, the thinking, the leading up to that big decision that you have to make of firing someone, firing a customer, whatever it is, that, that hard thing that you have to do, that's what is, is challenging. And obstacles really are useful. They're helpful because mm -hmm. they identify it's the only an way you opportunity. Grow. I, and I mean, like you said, you take an ice bath because the cryo helps you recover yeah. faster, but it identifies an opportunity. And it also, when you take that opportunity and fight your way through it, you grow and all that, but you also separate yourself from your competitors who are mm -hmm. facing the same types of obstacles, yeah. uh, usually. And there's so many, I mean, just for some examples, um, you're overwhelmed, you're too busy, um, you need to hire somebody. Yeah. Or you need to delegate, right? Those, or your mindset holds you back that, uh, that you think, I'm not good enough. I, I mean, we've talked about imposter syndrome and all those things. They're, they can all be obstacles, but when you confront them and overcome them, it's just like you said about ice, it's not as bad as you thought it was gonna be, and you're on the other side. Yeah. You've grown and you're beginning to be one of the people that looking for the next obstacle to differentiate yourself. And, and being on the other side of it is, is one of the greatest feelings a lot of the time. You know, whenever you do that thing that is a, ch a big challenge, that it was uncomfortable, 
that was an obstacle for you, overcoming it, having an accomplishment and an achievement, it's what gives you that confidence to keep going. It's what gives you the momentum. It's, you know, it it gives you your swagger almost. Like you look at the new business owner versus the 10 year business owner, they walk a little bit differently. Right. They're veterans. It's, it gives you that veteran status almost in that like, um, uh, you know, I, I forget the term, not claim to fame, but that, uh, you know, the, the badges that you wear on your sleeve. Valor. You know? yeah, yeah, that valor. So um, let's talk about how these obstacles kind of get started for a lot of contractors. There's some behaviors that we've noticed. You know, both of us work with several dozens of contractors in a given month. And we see a lot of, you know, common behaviors between them uh, whenever that really prevent them from you know, potentially running a business that's profitable without them there um, or growing past some different barriers that they have. And these common behaviors can happen in any type of contracting. Honestly, they can happen in any type of business. Um, but let's kind of walk through those. I think the first one that we've, we've even talked about in a previous episode, I believe the contractor death spiral, we talked about this, but customer concessions being a common behavior that we see in contractors that's holding them back from running a business uh, that's profitable without them from growing past a certain barrier. Um, let's go ahead and just, what is a customer concession? Well, uh, if you're bidding properly and you know what you're doing, if, if you're doing that, you have a price you have to have to survive and thrive in business. But if you go out and you confront the customer and either because you're too nice or because you're scared you start giving things up um, to get the sale. That's a customer concession. Uh, that's a pre-sold. Uh, that's at the selling stage. The other place for contractors see all the time is customer concessions after the job's begun. Yeah. Scope creep. You know. Yes. Well, I thought. I thought. Well, if you're, you can be too nice, right? Yeah. Well, it's only five percent. Well, you know, you only. You bid it for 40%, but you really bid it for 30%, and you just gave away 5%, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna have some screw-ups, and so anyway, your 35% margins are now 5% margins. And the thing about customer concessions is you can do it politely, you don't have to be rude, it doesn't have to be a fight, but you uh, have to grow a little spine yeah. and say, no, this is what I have to have. And that, that's a that's a fear thing uh, as much as anything. Uh, and you have to, you just have to fight your way through it. And the benefit of fighting your way through it, of overcoming that obstacle of fear to ask for what you have to have, is that you sell a few of them and then, I mean, literally a year later, you're, you're thinking, why why did I go five years making concessions? Yeah. No, I don't do that. Yeah. And it becomes easy. It does. I think the way that I always say this is the customer is right. The customer is always right until they're not. Yeah. And I think scope creep is, an, is the perfect example of those customer concessions. If the job's already started, and then, oh, but what about this? Like, oh, did you, what, you guys didn't do this. Well, that's not in the scope, right. you know? And if the scope changes, the price changes, right. and you have to stick to that. Now, you make a error, like a, a big error on your part, that's obviously your fault, yes. Like, you, that's customer service, but not customer concession, right? right? And I think so. I mean, the obstacle in the customer concession isn't the concession itself; it's the mindset. It's the fear that you have. The, the fear, yeah, the, the fear mindset of- that you have, and people don't like to overcome that. I mean, it's well, it's it's a 
I think it, it kind of all comes down to knowing your worth because there's a fear there of losing the job. There's a fear there of not getting paid. There's a fear of hurting your reputation and especially for businesses, small contractors that are relying on word of mouth for the next job. They can't, they, in their eyes, they can't afford to hurt their reputation, right? That, that means so much. It might mean the next three jobs. And so they do make those concessions. But if you know your worth, if you know that, hey, I don't need to say yes to this to, have a, to be a successful business owner, to be a good person, to be a good contractor that's, des- that's worthy of the next job, then you don't make some of those concessions. If you know that, hey, I'm doing a great job here that's adding a ton of value for this customer, this client, this builder, whatever it is, uh, then you, you don't run into that as much. I have a friend out in California who runs a pretty good sized company and he calls it butt blocks. And he has a selling philosophy that's mm. magnificent. And it's this, <laughs> we do good work, we can do it. Do you need our help? Will you pay our price? And if the answer is no, no, then we politely move on to the next. There's another price. He views his market as infinite. Yeah. Obviously, it's not, but it's close enough that you. In can, his terms. Yeah, it's it just is. There's more. There are more out there. Right. And he, what he refers to, butt blocks are salespeople who say, "Oh no, we need to uh, get in with this guy because he's going to do ten more projects." You know, or uh, if we get in on this with kind of like a loss leader, yeah. You know, some like we'll just do them this favor, or we'll just sacrifice this, just to get in good with them. His philosophy is no. Matter of fact, they're they're great because uh, this will call your toes contractors. He charges them to tell them how much he's going to charge them. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Uh, we've all contractors. We've all done big designs and giving them to some, oh, it takes uh, sometimes multi-family weeks, development sometimes. Yeah. and they farm it out. You start seeing it on other guys' drafting tables. They're bidding off of your work. So no, no. there's one for you contractors. You want to do a design? It's a thousand bucks, 5,000 bucks. Get credit if you go with us and you pay for it, but you pay for it now. Yep. Absolutely. So anyway, that, that there's kind some, of thing. I, I've, I've, we worked with some contractors that do that for their, you know, with a homeowner. Hey, yeah, it's $500 to get started. Yeah. Well, on just your design, if if you don't work with us, then you have the designs you can give to another contractor. Yeah. If you do, it goes towards your project. Yeah. Well, so. that the butt block being the obstacle is the why did you do that? And to get the to get past the the obstacle is not to do that. It's to yeah. charge for the plans. Yeah, the amount of time lost and profits lost to customer concessions, it's it's probably the majority loss leader inside of your business. And if you can eliminate these concessions, it's not that just that you're conceding on that job and losing time and losing profit on that job. It's the impact that it has to your stress level, to the next job that you're doing and how you're running behind schedule and you don't have the materials for it and all these errors come up because you're conceding to that one job. And so stop conceding. And if you remove that obstacle, it's not just going to be better on that job. It's going to be better in every other area of the business. We, uh, I think talked about this way back in an early episode, <clears throat> but we have a client in Canada and he called me, it's been a year ago and he had gotten his margins up. Yeah. And really, really where they need to be. But he had gone a couple of weeks without selling anything. And so when we were coaching, he's going, man, he goes, I, I think my prices are too high. He said, I haven't sold anything. I've got all these jobs out there and, 
haven't sold anything. And I said, well, why, why are you saying that? It's because you haven't heard. Well, this one guy said I was higher than another bid. I said, did you lose it? And he goes, well, no, but he told me that. So anyway, his brain was playing tricks with him. That Saturday, Saturday morning, he sold four of those jobs. And the thing that happened there was just what you were alluding to. He started to doubt himself. Yeah. And if he had gone back and reduced the price, he would have gotten the four jobs that he got anyway, but he would have thought the cause was his discounting. Yes. And we would have wrecked everything we've ever worked on. Yes. By just hanging in there, he got him and he dodged that bullet. Yeah. So, you have to know your worth. But the obstacle there was that fear of, of not knowing, yeah, you know, not selling anything. What are they I, doing? I want to make a point as far as how to avoid some of these customer concessions. We've talked about how there's fear, you have to know your worth, but on, on a practical level, you have to have really clear expectations set forward. Have a good agreement, right? We've talked about contracts in several different episodes, but have a serious conversation that's really clear on your expectations, letting people know, hey, we've done dozens, hundreds of these jobs before. Here's some of the things that we like to clear up ahead of time. If this changes, we have to increase it by the price by this much. Here's exactly what we're gonna do and what you can expect from us. Here's exactly what we expect from you. Here's what we're, our goal is. Here's some of the things that could change. If you have all that written out, spelled out, a clear conversation with your customer, with the GC that you're working on with this, whatever it might be, then you, you can avoid a lot of those customer concessions and then whenever they do say, yeah, I need you to actually do this as well, you're able to say, yeah, we had that conversation up front. This is what we're going to increase the price by. And it makes your life easier. But don't be afraid to have those conversations ahead of time. Uh, you know, another thing that allows you to not have some of these concessions is you have to increase your prices, most likely, because the people that are usually conceding are the people that you're discounting to. A lot of the problem customers are wanting more for less. And you have to get out of that market most times in order to do to not have those concessions. Uh, what are some of the things that you think they can do to avoid some of these customer concessions? Well, the first thing, you have to know what you have to have. And uh, by the, I always go back to books, right? You, you have to know that sales is not the purpose of business. Turning yes. cash into more cash is. Even profit's not if you don't get paid. And there are ways to do that. I've got articles on my website about it. But you have to know this is what I have to have and make it more objective and less subjective. Uh, you're kidding yourself. I've had a paving contractor that went broke as a, shortly after being a client of mine. <laughs> I ruined him. Is that an no. ad for your business there, Mark? Yeah, that's an ad for my business. <laughs> at, least, at least he's out of business. The suffering's ended, right? But <laughs> that's true. It is true. He's still a good friend, but he would take. He was in a lot of trouble, and he would take any job, keep the cash going, and he would he would say things like, "Well, if I get the money coming in, I'll find a way to keep some of it." He literally said that, and no, no, no. he did get where he bid some jobs with margins, but it's pretty far down the road. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're more likely to concede to customers if you're desperate. And if you're not bidding jobs yeah, properly. Because you're after the yeah. deposit or something like that, <laughs> rather than that purpose of business, which is turning cash into more cash. So, yeah. So knowing what you have to do, it kind of converts it to a fact rather than a feeling. Yeah. Uh, and the obstacle in that case is having the courage uh, over, 
overcoming the fear of actually walking in and bidding it that way. Yeah. And then there are all kinds of things to assuage the fear, you know, get better and USP and have good ideas. But so anyway, concessions is one of the obstacles. It's it's one. It's a big well, one. It's that we not see. the it's not the obstacle, but it's the fruits of an obstacle, yeah. which is fear. And I think another one is uh, delegation. Yeah. Um, Failure if, to delegate. Yeah. If you're if you want to advance in any business, you don't, you don't have to. It can be you and a helper in a truck. And that works until your back goes out, and then hopefully mm-hmm. you've saved a million dollars and you can retire. Well, and that's a bit, that's a job, not a business. Right. In most cases. Right. But there are an awful lot of, there are an <laughs> awful, awful lot, lot of those jobs out like there. That. So uh, if you're a one man show or one woman show, I guess hiring would come before delegation. But talking about delegation, you've got people working for you, but you're still doing all these things that are preventing you from growing. So what's the obstacle to that? And it typically goes, I mean, it can be overwhelm, it can be inertia, typically goes back to being fear again. And uh, if you're going to break out of a one-man shop, go from a job to actually owning a business where you have leverage off of employees, you're going to have to overcome that. And yeah. it is it is the way. Um, we can talk about how do you do that, but yeah. the obstacle, again, is the fear, and the result manifests itself as fear of delegation, which in turn traps you forever you have to have help to get out yeah i think that a lot of times the failure to delegate stems from the fear of hiring the fear of um someone not doing it as well as you can and you have to get rid of that mindset because you're you're never going to grow if you're just relying on yourself and people aren't going to do it as well as you you know that's and that's okay as long as they can get to 80% 80% to start and then improve from there. Okay. You didn't start at being fantastic at the, the role you had. And I, I'm saying this with a grin because I generally agree with what you said, but there are a lot of people who can do a lot of things better than you can. Absolutely. There there <laughs> absolutely are. Those are the winners when you get those. Yeah, there are. And, and they're out there. Don't think they're not. And I don't just mean the mechanical or the trades. I'm talking about the accounting and the yeah. marketing and, and uh, HR. Even the leadership. Things, the leadership. The yeah. strategy. They're... they're yeah. There are people that are smarter than you, and that's okay. And, I mean, there's a lot of successful business owners that have made their company what it is today by only hiring people that were smarter than them, <laughs> you know? And so sometimes that, that can be your strategy. But the, the failure to delegate, it, it also takes more time. It, and, and that's what people don't want to give up. Like, getting someone trained in a system and making sure that they're doing it the right way and coaching them through their mistakes and allowing them to make those mistakes and allowing them to figure out the way out without just telling them, no, do this, 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 this. Like that takes time. It takes energy. It takes well, it's capacity. A capital investment in your future. It is. And there, there are, there are risks. Yeah. They could leave and then you have to start over again. And that's why you create systems. Right. But you know, you, you have, if you're going to actually make your way out of your business to be able to run a profitable business without you, you're going to grow past some of these barriers you're gonna have to multiply yourself what's the you know is it Todd Graves is the founder of Canes and they've got they actually don't franchise they actually own all of their kids yeah I think there's like a handful that they did an experiment with as a franchise but today they own all of them and it's like clockwork but the hardest thing for him and it's true for a lot of businesses going from one location 
to two uh, because that's when he realized that he couldn't be in both places at the same time. Well, that's where you realize if you've got systems or not. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, there, there's people that are dealing with the stress of the two location, uh, essentially, uh, conundrum, and they're overworking. They're putting it, they're not spending time with their family. They're stressed beyond their capacity. And they're probably failing to delegate in many respects and to create systems. And, you know, that that is an obstacle that you have to overcome. And that obstacle is the way. Like, it's not that you suck. It's not that, you know, you're always going to be like this forever. But you have to go and delegate. You have to get things off of your plate. Yeah. Um, so another thing that we talk about, and we've, we've mentioned this before, but a behavior that we see in contractors that are struggling to get past these barriers or run a profitable business without them is gut feel decisions. And you have to be able to trust your gut as a business owner. The way that you got to where you are from starting from an employee, you know, we talk about the evolution of a contractor, mm -hmm. a business owner, starting as an employee, then going to self-employed, then going to manager, et cetera, et cetera. You had to trust your gut, right? To quit your job and to start your business. And there, you've had to trust your gut. But at a certain point, a lot of your decisions need to be based on fact. What are you bidding for that job? Why are you hiring that person? Why are you firing that person? You have to go off of fact. How do you think people should, you know, you always say start with the books. How can people be better at making some of these gut feel decisions, more fact-based decisions? Books. <laughs> <laughs> and But what does that look like? No, you, you have to uh, have some for, sort of objective. Gut, the acronym gut gave, you know, Gave, gut feelings gave up thinking. GDP. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, you have to trust your. Well, I prefer you didn't have to trust your gut, because your gut is uh, affected by how you feel today, and if your spouse was mad at you, or if somebody just left, or mm -hmm. if the bank's calling and you go get a job because you're worried about. I mean, it, it's affected by the emotional things. So for me, the it does begin with information and mm -hmm. the books is the closest that we have to objective information. You can make all kinds of arguments that books are not because of depreciating things. But anyway, they are, how are we doing? Are we succeeding? Are we not succeeding? Where'd my money go? You can get that kind of information, um, by tracking people's performance, things like that. But you have to have some kind of data. Yeah. And, and books is, is where it starts and it's universal everybody needs it yeah and it, it's it should directly impact your decisions on expenses your decisions on, the, on what you the, have to bid for what you bid for and can i hire somebody yes or no yeah i mean i have a guy coming this afternoon literally uh who started his business about two years ago and he's doing it he's a solopreneur and he's doing really well and his big question is uh, he's scared to death he wants to hire somebody he wants to know if he can do it I already know I can. I mean, he can't. Can can. Oh hell yeah! I mean, I've seen his financials, so I got some data, and I'm also. I mean, my effort will not be to tell him to hire somebody. It'll be what's holding you back. What's your doubt? Right. And to examine the fears, uh, and that are the obstacle. In his case, it's fear. Yeah. And get rational on them. Mm -hmm. You hire somebody for a hundred thousand dollars a year. I've said this before on the podcast. That's not a hundred thousand dollar decision 
it's an $8,000 a month decision. Yep. Right. And that you can go one month, two months. And the alternative of not doing anything is also a decision mm -hmm. just for that to status quo. So that's what I'll be doing with him today is probing to find out what his fear points are and then having himself solve, uh, not me to tell him, yeah, himself true. rationalize. Yeah. Rationalize. That's bad. Make a rational decision. Yeah. Not rationalize. Uh, so anyway, I think, does that kind of yeah. answer what you were? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that kind of leads into one of the other behaviors we see is hesitation. Yeah. Right. Hesitation to increase prices, hesitation to yeah. delegate or hire somebody. Yeah, I got a quote from Paul Casperson, a former client. Don't know if he listens to us or not. If he does, hello, Paul. This is the hardest working entrepreneur I've ever encountered in my life. Ever. Really? Bar none. Uh, unbelievable. We ought to have. Have we had him on? I don't think we have. I'm going to get him on. There we go. Because the stuff he does is unbelievable. But have I met he, him? Uh, I don't know if he ever not. Remind me what he does? He's done. Well, he had he sold three million greeting cards, but he built That's the machinery. The, yeah. But he also worked for General Motors, Motors and yeah. up in their prices, and he owns a marina that. Anyway, he moved an entire. I've music. met him before. Anyway, just unbelievable. Yeah, really. But his quote is: "Good things come to those who wait, but not to those who hesitate," and that is brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. He probably got that from somewhere, Martin. Yeah, from giving too much. Credit. I probably told it to him. <laughs> I, that's right. I remember telling him that, and he ran. No, it's brilliant uh, because snap decisions. You know, it just says it all. Yeah. Good things come to those who wait. You're not following the crowd. You're making decisions. You're making informed decisions. But when the time is right, they act. They don't go. Well, mm. what if? What if? What thinking? is the difference between waiting and hesitating? Hesitating means you have sufficient information and you're going to try to pull the trigger. Mm. Waiting, you're sitting in the deer stand waiting for a buck to come out of the woods. Yeah. That's waiting. When the buck's out the woods and you got your rifle, your bow, what are you all dialed in, you going to pull the trigger or not? Yeah. Now, that's no, an that's... easy one. That's why they're there. But, but yeah, the hesitation, that's the old Chinese proverb that he who hesitates is lost. Yeah. And that's... I remember I heard that first in driver's education about 104 years ago. <laughs> my instructor said that to me, you know, you kind of pull out into traffic, but hesitate that you either stop or you go, you don't pull out into traffic and get whacked. Yeah. And you either so, hit the lady or you don't, or she hits you <laughs> or the speeding ambulance comes by. No, I'm just but kidding. No, those, those are all true. And he who hesitates is lost. Yeah. is great. What are, let's, I mean, let's go through some examples of like common hesitations that we see. Uh, we've talked about the hiring one. We've talked about maybe increasing prices as one, but you know, what I've seen is that maybe there's a sector or a, you know, segment of the business that's operating at a loss and there's a hesitation to cut it off yeah. because you see it as maybe a way that's so bringing in leads. It's or, a perfect example because, uh, I'm thinking of somebody, but I need to get rid of this I'll call it division. Yep. And I know I do. The objective facts show me that I need to do that. But I hesitate. Why? I don't want to let old Bob go. Uh, it's good cash flow. Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe I'm wrong. Yep. So they, they're hesitating because they haven't uh, decided. They, they have the fear of being wrong. Yeah. Uh, don't trust their judgment. But the obstacle is the way. They have to look at that and get clarity that remember the... Uh, Proper statement of a problem is yeah. a statement of the solution. 
And so, well, I need to do this. I need to shut it. You can look at alternatives. Well, could we do something else? But there's a point where you have to say, I need to pull it down. Why am I hesitating? And then you need to overcome those obstacles. Yeah. I think what makes this difficult a lot of the times is that as the contractor that's running the business by yourself or with a partner, it becomes emotional. It becomes personal in many respects where you, it is maybe a family business or you have friends as employees and it makes it convoluted where yes, there are facts like they're not doing their job and I need to let them go or whatever it is. Uh, we're losing money on this sector. Uh, but you have that personal aspect of, you know, well, I want to be a good person and I don't want to, you know, ruin their life and they have a family and all those things. And I think at, in many ways, you can't separate the two, your personal and your business life. But as far as decisions go, you do need to separate the personal from, from the professional. Uh, your, your business will impact your personal life. There's no doubt about it. And you know, you, when you're working long hours, things probably aren't going well at home, right. right? And when things are going well at home, you probably feel better showing up to work. But as far as the decisions that you make, if, if you're basing your business decisions off of personal reasons, that's not always going to flow in a, in a good way. And there, there are some instances where it will, but not whenever it comes to some of these hard obstacles that you have in your way. We were talking about an example last week. Uh, we're actually doing round two of this recording. Um, but you were, you were talking about um, guy sold his business and kept on an employee and it cost him $200,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, that, yeah, he got a seven multiple and yeah. he had an employee that was paying 31000 as a son of a friend. And the guy was totally worthless, but he didn't fire him for a year. And so when we were doing due diligence, he goes, I just realized he cost me $210,000, $30,000 was the salary times of seven multiple, cost him 210000 And he was really upset. But that's, that's, a, that's a result of it. I mean, yeah. the obstacle was... And that's not even a huge obstacle, but the obstacle was that he just didn't want to stress a relationship and yep. and uh, with his, which I, I'm a father and if you fired my kid for being worthless, I would not hate you for it. Well, one thing that we didn't really talk about, to uh, maybe we, I don't think we did, but just taking on any job uh, is another yeah. obstacle that we see people, or behavior that creates yeah, obstacles. Behaviors. I think as we, yeah, that that again comes from fear it's a lack of focus we talk about those things but i think because we are wrapping up that we've been talking about the behaviors there are some of the results from mm -hmm. not uh removing the obstacle uh, but the obstacles themselves kind of distill into those categories of fear inertia your mindset i mean yeah it can be other it can it can be an external event or force company competitor person force that's causing the obstacle which your ability your but that's not your obstacle your obstacle is your behavior re, your response to what the impediments are yeah and that's where the real benefit comes from of uh, that you grow in that regard and a lot of times you remove remove the obstacle Sometimes if you're trying to remove a boulder from the road by kicking it, it's, uh, it's not going to work. No. And you might regret it. <laughs> I guess you can take pride in being stupid <laughs> and kicking I the tried. boulder. Yeah. Well, at least I tried. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think 
there are probably people listening that have some of these behaviors, but that also have that obstacle that's standing in their way. They have those behaviors because yeah. they have an obstacle yeah. that's keeping them. Absolutely. So if you can remove those obstacles, maybe you won't have those behaviors. Right. Um, I hope that this was a helpful episode for everybody. If you'll share this with anybody that think you might need to hear, whether it's a coworker, a peer in the industry, family member, whatever it might be, we'd love for this podcast to get out to more people. But uh, we hope that you found this episode helpful and that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money in your business. See you next time. Thanks, Cashflow Contractors, for checking out another episode. We hope you enjoyed The Obstacle is the Way and that this is going to help you find less stress, more time, and more money in your business. As always, share this episode, like it on social media, give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying it, and get this out to as many people as you can, people on your team, other contractors that you work with, and peers in the industry. Uh, we know that this, this content isn't just for contractors, although we make it for contractors. It applies to business in general and even to life in general for so many reasons. Uh, if you would like to schedule a 20-minute meeting with either Martin or myself, we'd love to hear from you guys. It's in the show notes of this episode. Just fill it out. It's really easy. We'll have a phone call at some point uh, during your week, maybe while you're driving. Uh, that'd be a great time to schedule and we can chat. We'd love to get to know who you are and what we might be able to help you with during that 20-minute call, but also through the podcast, things that we can talk about. Uh, lastly, we are thinking about doing a live event uh, where we would be doing the podcast live. We have a topic that we're going to cover as normal, but then you'd be able to ask questions after we do the topic and even in the middle of the topic. Uh, so if that's something that would be interesting to you, please let us know by sending us an email. Hey, I'm interested in the live event and we'd love to, to invite you to that. We'd send you a, a personal invite to the meeting and you'd be able to join and ask questions during the episode. So if that's of interest of you, please reach out uh, through the, e the emails below. But thanks for, for listening and we hope to see you again.